Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Hello and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Curveball. I'm your host, Curveball, and today I am joined by Amanda Pollock. She is a book coach for food professionals and entertainers. Amanda, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's awesome to be with you. Absolutely. You got an interesting story. So why don't you just start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself, you know, just whatever you want to let people know about yourself before we get into the meat and potatoes. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So I'm originally from Northern California, a little town called Vacaville in between Sacramento and San Francisco. And I, I knew from a really early age that I wanted to be an actor. Um, so that was kind of always a dream, just really, I think I just fell in love with stories and the multiple ways that you could tell them. And I was drawn to acting, but also I had this deep love of directing and, you know, being in control of, uh, an entire production. I always wanted to do that. I, I tell people that I was an entrepreneur before I even knew what that was. And yeah, my dreams, they took me to LA a couple of times. I ended up uh, getting into improv and sketch comedy where I graduated from the Second City Hollywood, which the Second City is the world's largest improv and sketch comedy theater. So a lot of people from SNL um, or a lot of people from Second City end up on SNL. Uh, like uh, some of their alums have been like Tina Fey, Stephen Colbert, Steve Carell, um, Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, no Schitt's Creek just won so many Emmys. So I know a lot of people are, are binging that. Uh, but yeah, so kind of took a little, you know, turn with improv and sketch comedy. And, and then I decided to drop all of that. Um, it was during the Great Recession, it, just a huge pivot. I think a lot of people can probably relate even now where you're, you know, trying to figure some things out. Maybe you lost, you know, a, a bridge job or, you know, something that was just paying the rent and you're trying to figure out what you're doing next. And that's what happened with me. And I decided to go to college and had a little dream to work in magazines. And that actually ended up landing me a fellowship with Time Inc. I'm the former parent company of like Time Magazine, Food and Wine, Southern Living and Cooking Life where I was. So kind of a, a, a long winding road. And um, so much of that experience has really kind of set me up for, for what I'm doing now. But yeah, it, it's, a, it's a mouthful when you put it on a resume. <laughs> so when you were acting, um, did you land any big roles or work with a lot of big people since you went to one of the biggest schools out there? Yeah, so I was there actually at a really awesome time. There were a lot of people from Second City who had been either working in Chicago or New York, and they ended up um, teaching at um, the theater when I was there. So, you know, I 
I got to work with people who were actually working in television and film. So some of them had either been like maybe writers for the daily show or, um, I mean, any number of like comedy central shows. And that's kind of the fun part too, is when, when I would go home and I would tell people, you know, what I was doing and who I was working with, they were like, oh, um, you know, are, are they, you know, how, how would I know them? And I'm like, you know, you wouldn't, but they had like two lines on this one show. And they're probably some of the most talented people that I've ever like seen in person. And I think that's probably the thing I wasn't the most prepared for, like when I moved to LA, because I just, you know, I thought that, oh, if you're on television and you're doing this and you're that, you know, you're, you're the most talented, but think we know that life isn't really like that so much. Absolutely. What did you do when you um, started working for Time Inc? Uh, what did you start off doing before you got into what you're doing now? Yeah, so I uh, had a one-year editorial fellowship at Cooking Light, and they had this program for years. So they would have people from all over, all over the country come and you're assigned to um, one of the four brands there. So it was Southern Living, Cooking Light, Coastal Living, and um, Oxmoor House, which housed all of the cookbooks for the entire company. So um, so like if Southern Living was going to do a cookbook, Oxmoor House would handle it. And you were placed in a department and I wanted editorial. That was really what my background was. But it was so awesome to go there because they created this fellowship so it was like a choose your own adventure so I was doing editorial but I was also really encouraged that if I wanted to do video if I wanted to experiment with that I could uh, go into the video studio and you know have one of the video guys like help me film a recipe or help me film you know a little spot or something just experimenting with stuff I spent whole days in the test kitchens and, you know, for people who don't know, like anytime you got a food magazine or you would see something in the store, all of those recipes are tested and developed in a test kitchen. So you have people who, um, some of them have pretty like stellar culinary careers, but they end up in a test kitchen. So all day they're just tinkering with recipes and having other people uh, test them to see if, you know, the recipes hold up or if they're even any good. And so that part of the process of just getting into every different department and seeing how, you know, a full, a magazine is fully created was such a beneficial experience. And I know that not everyone has that experience when you're entering into a fellowship or, um, you know, any kind of like entry level position, but it really shaped um, the rest of my career because at, when I was there, um, they, the company has since been sold, but Time Inc. had this belief that good ideas come from everywhere. And so you were encouraged to just knock on anyone's door. So they didn't have really this hierarchy, you know, of you're a fellow, you can't have any ideas, you can't, you know, spearhead any projects. I was incredibly lucky to work for a company where they believed that, you know, even the the newest people could have the next great idea. 
Well, let's talk about the uh, great ideas that you got from that that experience and what great ideas are you currently working on? Yeah, so all of that kind of, um, you know, over the last two years, I was just trying to figure out what I, where I belonged. I I think that's probably the thing I've, I've struggled with the most, like as creative as you are and as much as you um, have this rough idea of stuff that you want to do, it can be a little hard for it to materialize. And I've, the last couple of years have been a culmination of a few things, but um, at the end of last year, I came across this uh, a book coaching program and it's, you know, book coaching is a relatively new um, endeavor or um, career choice. And it really comes out of the need from the publishing houses because they aren't able to develop writers how they used to. So, you know, if you are a new writer, you would work with an editor, but it's just a very different process. Um, you don't, you might not have the emotional support you need or the project management stuff. You might, you're not going to have that constant touch with someone to really develop your manuscript for the most part. And so I, you know, working in editorial, I really found a love for helping people develop stories and for editing. And, you know, after I left Timing, I, I did um, become a content coach at a company. And, you know, that was really helpful for me trying, you know, transitioning into, well, first of all, I would never call myself a coach before. So I was given that title. And then when I found this book coaching program, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in. And, but it's really, it just, it melds so many things. So, um, you know, someone will come to me, they have an idea for a book and it's my job to help them through the book writing process. So I'm your developmental editor, your project manager, your emotional support. And I got to tell you, it's, it's one of those things where I just feel like I'm at the right place at the right time. And I feel so incredibly lucky to get to work with the people I do. And um, it's been a long time coming, but I, it's, it's nice to be in a good spot now. So let's expand on the book coaching program. Um, what could somebody expect who is going into a book coaching program from a writer's perspective? And what could somebody expect who wants to be a book coach um, from your, your perspective? Explain that and break that down for people. Yeah. So the program that I was in, um, it was started by a woman, her name's Jenny Nash, and she worked in publishing for years. She is also a published author and she was doing this. She says that, you know, she really created this opportunity for a lot of people. And I 100% believe her just with her um, reputation, but she wanted this, um, opportunity for you know people who loved publishing and were kind of in this in-between thing of maybe you're not like a full editor or you don't want to you don't want to think of yourself as just an editor it's this beautiful um mix of so many things and so she created this program of you know things that she saw consistently and just helping people be able to start their business understand what this really is and then also start their business and i would say even as a as a writer, it's probably even helpful to go through a program like that um, because you really see the, the things that writers have problems with are pretty consistent. There's, you know, a handful of things that people will really talk about or identify. 
Uh, I'm sure you've experienced this too, that a lot of stories sound the same or a lot of people have, you know, the same questions about stuff. So that was really helpful for me. And even as a writer, as I was going through it, I was like, oh man, this is so many of the things I struggled with, you know, and um, writing classes or whatever. And so, you know, if you are looking um, for a book coaching program, either as a writer or because you're interested in that field, um, I mean, I would definitely, <laughs> I recommend the, the program I went through, it's called Author Accelerator, but, you know, you really want to go into a program where someone, first of all, is realistic. You know, the, the thing I, that really drew me to this program in particular is, you know, they make no promises that someone will be published or uh, that you'll be a New York Times bestseller. Uh, they're very, very practical about what the work actually is. And so I think, especially with, you know, so many online classes and um, so many opportunities to learn from people, I like to steer more towards, you know, people who kind of give you some real talk and aren't like, you can, you know, <laughs> write a book in 30 days and then sell it and, you know, all of these things because, you know, some of this just takes a lot longer and, you know, managing those expectations is important. Yeah. And also a lot of people will do that with podcasts and they'll say, I had 30,000 downloads in three days and I was at the top of Apple, but mm -hmm. that might happen for some people, but that's not going to be realistic for most people. And if people go in with that expectation, they're going to be discouraged and quit because if they don't get that, like somebody else got it. So you do have to be realistic when you are doing programs like that. Did you, oh, um, did you experiment with cooking a lot before you got into the, uh, test kitchens and all that, or, you know, mm, uh, that's a great question because 100% not really. <laughs> um, so I, you know, growing up, I grew up like 30 minutes outside of Napa and I did work in Napa, um, for a while. And so, you know, I grew up close to wine country. So food and all of these things were um, ingrained in me and I didn't realize it so much. But when I got to Cooking Light, I was totally intimidated by the other fellows or people who worked there because it seems like everyone was a food blogger or had gone to culinary school or had done, you know, whatever. And I really... You know, the reason why I got my fellowship at Cooking Light was because I had just started writing about food in college. And that really just came out of a need of, okay, I know that I didn't know what I wanted to, you know, what kind of magazine I wanted to work at. Um, but I knew I needed some clips. And there was a farmer's market in Oakland where I went to school. And I was like, sure, I guess I could just write about this food. And then from there, I just realized how much I loved food stories and people who make food and, you know, um, food and wine and, and all of those things. I was really drawn to them. And so I just started writing about it. So, you know, sometimes you can be good at something that you're not an expert in. And I wish I would have known that when I was younger, because I think you don't do so many things because you feel that you have to have you know a stamp of approval from someone else and that's not really true 
Well, what kind of projects are you working on these days? Do you have any books coming out or do you have any talk about your previous books or any podcasts or anything like that? I mean, right now I am in like full growth mode with my business and it's so much fun. So I started, I'm really taking on clients um, within, it was like shortly after quarantine started. So this has been a, um, just a, a great time, I think, to hone in on the stuff that I really want to, to do. And so it's been recently too, that, you know, I've had more and more people, um, finding me. I'm also a, a regular columnist, um, for the site DIY MFA. And it's a, it's a great site for writers. Um, they have some really fantastic resources, but I have regular column there um, with food writing. And I've recently, um, you know, been invited to to do some talks and coaching for writers. And, you know, that's kind of interesting to me, too, because I someone told me years ago that I should be a teacher. And I was like, no, I thought they were just telling me that because I have an English degree. And you need to pay attention to what people are saying, you know, is a gift of yours, because the more you lean into that, I think there's so many more opportunities and people can see stuff you don't. So it's just interesting. I've had some more people reach out about, you know, maybe teaching classes. And then, you know, I have this thought of, should I be teaching my own classes? So I'm in this experimenting, brainstorming stuff, but, you know, still working with, um, taking, you know, new clients and, and expanding that. But yeah, it's the, the growth part is just really exciting. I think just to see, you know, plant a seed and, and start to see it grow can also be just a fun state to be in. Well, you know, you could always take your columns that you write and turn those into audio. I mean, there's so many opportunities, right? Like I, I think too, the, the thing for me is figuring out um, you know, like what the, what that thing that like sparks me because I can, I mean, I, maybe you can, you feel me on this because there are so many ideas. I have so many things that I'm like, Oh, I could do this. I could do that. And there's just not enough time in the day. <laughs> I definitely understand that. Well, you know, um, I'm a podcaster, I, I follow a lot of authors and writers. So it's mm -hmm. a lot of people are going to hear this and some of them are in different stages. So uh, give, give some advice, your best advice for authors in all stages of their writing, whether they're in the beginning or whether they're a seasoned veteran. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's such a great question. And um, I mean, I would say the, the biggest thing too is, you know, remembering why you started I think whether you've written, you know, nothing or a few books that it can be really easy to have the, the noise of the world come in and, you know, cast out or make you think that you can't write another book like you did, or, and, you know, even if you've never written anything, there is still this self-doubt that I see with clients who, you know, have written professionally and, you know, know the, the editing process and what revisions look like. And I, you know, feel them with the frustration. And so I always try to take people back to one of like, what are you really doing this for? Why is this the story you really want to be telling? What is it about this that like, this is the moment for this. And I think that that's really helpful 
no matter where you are in the process, because that's what's going to drive you. It's super easy to, to start something, you know, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to write this book and this is going to be the thing. And then about, you know, halfway through, or, you know, maybe even 20 pages in, you don't know what you're doing anymore and you get frustrated and you feel like the process is just taking too long. And, you know, you need to remember why you started and not why other people are telling you that you need to do that. Well, how can people connect with you? Throw out some contact information. There might be some writers out there that want to check out your book coaching classes. Yeah. So you can find me at amandapollock.com. And I have, um, I have, I have a free guide over there, uh, how to write your first 25 pages with purpose, which I wish I had, um, when I was, <laughs> when I started writing, but you can get there. Um, I have a, you'll get on my email newsletter if you sign up and I send out weekly, like, like free inspiration and guides and all kinds of fun goodies every Monday. And yeah, that's like, the, that's the best way to reach out. And you can also, um, if you're interested in starting your book, we can hop on a, a call and figure out, you know, what the, the best steps are. But yes, definitely reach out. AmandaPollock.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Amanda Pollock. Amanda, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.